everyone. Welcome to the podcast. John Gonzalez here from MLive.com and Michigan's Best. Welcome to today's show. It's a special one for me. We're going to be joined by two guests, Steve Kaminsky, a local sports writer for MLive.com based in Grand Rapids. And also on the show, we have Caleb Berger. Caleb is a 2012 a graduate of Jenison High School. He played collegiately at Jackson Community College for Coach Rick Smith and also at Indiana University. In 2016, he was drafted by the San Francisco Giants and uh, made his major league debut this year, in the year of COVID on July 25th against the Dodgers. It's a debut that any aspiring major league pitcher would envy. I can't wait to talk to him about that. I can't wait to talk to him about um, how his career is going, how it is playing, what's life like in the major leagues. It's close to me because Caleb and I go back to when he was 14 years old. That's right. Uh, uh, many years ago, I founded a club called the Granovitz Flames Treble Baseball Club. I recruited Caleb to play on our club. I coached him for a little bit and uh, have been proud of him, you know, uh, every step of the way. So let's catch up with, with Steve and find out what's going on with Caleb. Welcome back, everyone, and Steve Kaminsky. Uh, it's a little bright and sunny over there. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing well, John. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, as you know, we have a, a special guest coming on real quick here in Caleb Berger, but you've been following Caleb's career for a few years now since he played his high school ball at Jenison High School. Yeah, absolutely, uh, John. Caleb pitched for the Jenison Wildcats, uh, graduated in 2012, went on to pitch for Jackson Community College, and then Indiana. He was drafted in 2016 by the Giants in, in the ninth round, I believe, and continued to progress through the ranks. And here he is now, uh, 2020, and doing very well in his uh, career with the Giants so far. So far, so good. Let's bring on Caleb Berger. Caleb, how you doing? Good, John. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing fantastic. Uh, thanks for uh, checking in with us. I know that you are in your hotel room. It's, it's game day today. You're in Colorado against the Rockies last night. Uh, you guys picked up uh, – did you win last night or you lost? I don't remember. No, we, we ended up losing by one. We made a comeback in the ninth, but it was just a little bit too, too little too late. Too little too late. So in the intro to the show, I talked about how um, you, you made a major league debut that I don't think anyone could script. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But Steve mentioned uh, your, your background. Um, first of all, like Steve said, congratulations. It must be a heck of an accomplishment for you. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's really been a dream come true, like something I've kind of worked for for so long and at some point didn't even think it was possible. So to be here now is just a huge blessing. Yeah, you mentioned that a dream come true and at one point not thinking it was possible. You, uh, you made your ups and downs in the minor leagues. Uh, you had a great 2019, but going into spring training, I didn't hear your name uh, bantered around a lot. Yeah, uh, I think we just had too many guys up at the big league uh, level at big league camp. I just kind of got lost in the shuffle, um, at least for like a big league camp invite. So for me, it was more just kind of get ready for the season and hopefully get up with the team at some point. You know, you don't have to go to big league camp to go to the big leagues during like a normal year. So for me, it was one of those things like I was a little disappointed, but that's part of the game. And it seems to be, that's kind of how my career has gone. So I figured I'd just fight and try to earn my, earn my spot wherever I could. Yeah. 2019 was a pretty big year for you though. You were, you made the, uh, the all-star team at the, at the double a level for the Richmond playing squirrels. And then you were an MVP at the triple a uh, postseason playoffs. 
Um, did things, how did just it all, all come together in 2019 for you? I just tried to be consistent. Um, I know I put in a lot of work in that off season and I made some really good gains with like uh, my pitching on more of the consistency side. Um, my mechanics started to stay the same every time I went out there. And once I got able to just repeat my delivery and repeat everything, it was a lot easier to repeat my pitches and repeat locations. And it was a lot easier to have success. Steve, it sounds like this guy's just really cool, cool, calm and collected. Uh, you know, I guess his stats prove it, prove that he's got uh, four uh, outings this year. He's two and zero with a 3.60 ERA, five innings pitch, four strikeouts with a whip of 0. 0.60. So see from a baseball end, you know, Caleb is a young up-and-comer, right? Yeah, for sure, John. I am very impressed with his Major League debut. Uh, that was against the Dodgers. Went through right the heart of the order, too. I think he faced five batters, retired them all, and picked up the win. What a sensational debut, Caleb. Can you talk a little bit about that moment, uh, being on the mound for the first time and having it go so well, too? Yeah, thank you, Steve. Um it was, it was cool, you know. Um, I did get to pitch, but, like, in kind of a big league, I guess, scenario in a game prior um, in Oakland. So I kind of got those, like, first game jitters out facing, like, some really good hitters. I faced Matt Chapman, um, Matt Olson, and Chris Davis, like some other big-name guys. Obviously, they're not Cody Bellinger and Mookie Betts, but they're still really good, and they're big household names. So that game in Oakland really let me kind of – realized if I go into the game and like really focus on who I'm facing it's a lot more difficult to pitch where when I went into Dodger Stadium I really tried to not focus who focus on who I was pitching to and more just focus on my like attack plan against the hitters versus like a left-handed hitter versus a right-handed hitter um, I tried to just kind of take the names away and once I was able to do that it was a lot less stressful for sure I, I don't know how you did it I, I texted uh Texted uh, my sons, of course, you know them all, Zane, Zach, and Ty. And I said, hey, I'm going to talk to Caleb today. Do you have uh, any, uh, any questions you want me to ask? I think Zach, I'll, I'll, I'll probably ask all of them, but, but Zach was really good. You know, he's such a big baseball nut, right? He says, mm -hmm. uh, can you also ask about facing the Dodgers lineup? Now, I don't think people truly understand this, the fact that you could block this stuff out. But I think Zach does a good job of putting it in context. He said, the Dodgers – uh, you're facing them in your debut. This is your first major league outing, right? Right. This is your, I mean, you're, it's a game that counts. Uh, at least we hope with COVID and all everything yeah. around, right? Yeah, um, I hope it counts. I hope I it counts. Take that away from me. Um, but, he said, but Zach says, the Dodgers have the number one power ranking offense in the MLB. The five Dodgers he faced all have played in an all-star game. Bellinger and Betts are former MVPs. Seager was a rookie of the year. I mean, that's five guys you took down. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I tried not to think about it. Um, it was really like it was really easy to get kind of lost in that, like the first time. So from now on, I've just kind of tried not to think about who the hitters were. I had like a little bit of that last night with Arenado because um, I played with his brother. Um, we were pretty close last year playing together so much, making the All Star team together. So it was kind of like one of those things. Like I, I was aware of who it was, but at the same time, like it's still a human. You know, they're they're still a human being like nobody's perfect and no one's like a machine up there except for maybe Albert Pujols back in the day when he was doing those commercials for ESPN. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, they're still a human just like I am. They're just paid a lot of money because they're really good at the sport, but there's the best hitters still only hit like three thirty, 
So one out of, one out of three times, I'm probably going to, or two out of three times, I'm probably going to get him out. Uh, again, folks, we're talking to Caleb Berger. He's from Jenison High School, Jenison, Michigan. I love how the announcers say Grand Rapids. That's cool, too. Uh, it's been fun watching, tuning on, uh, you know, whether it's ESPN or the MLB Network and hearing your name. Uh, the Twitter, the social media, uh, people have been very supportive uh, of you and what you're accomplishing. Um, and then, of course, the Michigan Pride, where you went to Jackson Community College and played for two years for Coach Rick Smith. You go to Indiana University, and I know from that transition from Jackson to Indiana, at one point did you say, okay, no longer is the dream to pitch collegiately or get to D1? Because Steve reminded me the other day that you didn't have a lot of recruit rec recruiters coming to you at D1 out of high school. Um, but at what point during college at, at Jackson Community College, you know, to Indiana, did you say, man, you know what, college is great, but I want to see myself, uh, you know, in, in a real major league baseball game. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have any, any D one um, offers or even looks out of high school. So that part was kind of crazy too. Um, but I would say my second year at Jackson, I started to get some like letters from pro scouts and like fill out some questionnaires. And that was, that was kind of like the turning point where this is like going to be a real thing. Like I'm going to have the opportunity. I just didn't know when it was going to be. I know I had some stuff to work on obviously like once I got to Indiana. Um, but I would say probably like my sophomore season in college was when I really started to understand that like, hey, I'm gonna have an opportunity to get drafted someday if I continue to pitch well. Steve, how unusual is this for a high school pitcher who doesn't get a lot of offers at the D1 level, go to the community college route, you know, get drafted in the ninth round um, and then, you know, slog it out in the minors for a few years um, and then end up on a major league roster pitching against the Dodgers. Well, it's unusual, John. Uh, and it's unusual for this area, too. You look at, you think back, how many kids are on here? We have all these high school kids, kids who go on to play college. You know, I mean, how many go on and say, well, we pitched against the Dodgers, you know, a couple of weeks ago. It's so rare to have someone um, from this area go on and, and to have this type of success that Caleb has had. And may, at first, just to make it to this level, too, it's – it, it's a, it is rare for sure. Um, Caleb, just wondering what uh, what is your mindset like when you're in high school? You don't get a lot a lot of offers. Are you thinking, you know, maybe baseball's not the way to go? Maybe I should do something else. And it ever come to you, your uh, your attention? Maybe I should maybe I should do something else. Maybe. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I would say after I graduated high school I wouldn't say my thoughts were really set on playing professional baseball I just kind of wanted to play baseball in college as much as I could and see how much college I could really get paid for through baseball I, I wanted to be a doctor um, that was kind of I guess my my front plan or first plan until baseball took off and then that obviously took a back seat um, once I kind of realized like hey this baseball thing might might be the route to go um, so yeah I would say coming out of high school I didn't really have that aspiration to go play professionally I just wanted to play baseball in college for as long as I could and see if I could get some of my school paid for let's talk about some of the uh, things that are out there right now because obviously COVID's playing a big part of it how do you feel about that I asked your mom and dad uh, the other day uh, you know if they're worried about you um, what's it what's it like traveling what's it like being on the team do you guys always talk about COVID I mean what's going on I mean, it's it's tough to get away from it for sure. We I feel like we have a meeting every other day about it, like the new stuff we got to put in. We're putting in a lot of stuff right now, but I would say we're. I wouldn't say I'm super worried about it. I know we have a lot of guys um, 
who are really serious about it and there we have some like stuff in place of like hey like don't leave the hotel like if you do you'll get fined or like we have everything set up the giants have done a really good job where we don't have to leave our hotel room for anything other than to go to the field so if we need something like we can get it uh we have people who can get it for us or whatever um when we're at the field, everyone's wearing masks all the time unless we're on the field. Everyone's been really compliant with that stuff. Um, I wouldn't say I'm super worried about it because I think we have some – we have a lot of really good guys who are here to follow the rules. And, like, everyone here wants to play. And we kind of know now with the way baseball is going, like, if a couple other teams get it, the season's probably over. So, right now, we all kind of have to buckle down. And, like, yeah, it's, it's not normal. Um, that's kind of what everyone's told me, like, oh like this is like this is cool but the big leagues are a lot cooler like you get to do so much more stuff and whatever and I'm like hey man this is way better than anything I've ever been a part of so if it's only up from here like that's fine with me I'm 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 chilling so yeah yeah it's interesting in a way you've kind of been cheated a little bit you don't have that full major league experience I'm sure some of the things that go on with rookies uh, behind the scenes are probably probably happening or not happening as much and then here's the biggest thing for your parents right Joni and and Mark, who, you know, I've known your parents since you were 14 mm-hmm. years old, you know, they don't get to be at your major league debut. That had to be hard. I mean, you have no fans in the, in the crowd, no family in the crowd. Um, you might get a text from, from your mom or dad or, or, or friends or Noah, your brother, you know, uh-huh. what, what, what's, what's that been like? That was tough um, for the first one, for sure. You know, cause you always dream your like MLB debut of celebrating with like your family or whatever. And that I would say like after the game was probably like the toughest part of that. Um, you know, I got texts from my brother, he was at a wedding or whatever. And like, it was a little emotional um, for sure. But it's just one of those things, like it's part of God's plan, you know, at the end of the day, like obviously there was a reason for it. Um, and they'll hopefully I have a long career and they'll be able to see plenty of baseball games in person. I know Steve's got some more questions for you, but I want to stick on that real quick here. You know, and I mentioned that we've known each other since you were 14 years old. You played, played for me, I coached you a little bit, and you played in our organization with the Flames. Um, but I marvel, I just can't believe, and we, we kind of reconnected at a, at a concert in Grand Rapids last year. Yeah. You know? um, I am just amazed at how you have matured. I mean, I know you're not the same kid that you were when you were 16 and 17 years old. <laughs> right, right. But I remember some of those conversations in the dugout going, would you just chill out, you know? Uh, because you were just like, you wanted to, everything to be perfect, every pitch, every at-bat, you know, even even though you're a yeah. pitcher only, you still wanted a bat. Put me in at the bottom of the order. I don't care. I want a bat. Yeah. I mean, I swung it pretty well my, like, last two years playing with you guys. I'm sure Doug McCready can attest to that. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone matures when they get older, but baseball is such a hard game that it's, like, most of the stuff's out of my control anyway, you know, like, the best guys don't throw pitches where they want to every time. I mean, we were talking yesterday or maybe it was two days ago um, on the bus on the way into Colorado and Shark was talking about um, throwing his slider and they're like, oh, they like told me to throw my slider like six inches higher and it'll be fine. And he's like, any of you right now, if you can throw your slider six inches higher whenever you want, you go into the front office and ask them for seven years, $200 million because no one can do that. So it's just one of those things like hearing a veteran guy talk about not being able to like pinpoint every single pitch. Like it makes me feel better too, knowing like I'm going to miss my spot, you know, half the time almost. So it's such a tough game. You can't, you can't focus on being perfect when it's literally impossible. Steve, do you, anything you want to add to that? Because I tons that want to follow up with, go ahead. 
Well, I was wondering, Caleb, growing up as a kid, playing catch with your dad or playing for Gonzo or your high school team, did you ever dream about pitching in the majors? Was that ever something that you sat back and said, that's my dream? And I think every kid does. Um, every kid who plays baseball, at least who plays summer ball and plays a lot, I think every kid has those dreams and ambitions. Uh, whether we think that deep down in our heart that it's um, actually going to happen or not, I think is completely different. Um, I would say when I was younger, I, I wanted to, but I didn't think it was possible. Well, Ty wanted to know how tough it is to play with no fans in the, in the crowd. That's got to be a strange experience because you grew up going to games like we did, right? Yeah, it, it's weird. It's definitely different. Um, the, the stadium noise does help. Um, especially when we went to LA, LA had a really good sound system. Like they brought in a ton of speakers everywhere. And if you close your eyes, you'd think you were in Dodger stadium, like a hundred percent with a full, like full fans in effect, everything. Um, some stadiums are better than others. I'll say, uh, I think some stadiums could probably turn the noise up a little bit. Um, but other than that, it's, it's kind of been normal. Um, there's no heckling, which is nice. I guess I heard, um, in LA, it's pretty tough to be a giant. So I'm, I guess I, I'm kind of glad I got to miss out on that my first time. Hopefully I'll get some next year. Um, but, yeah, it's it's different for sure, but it's still baseball. You know, the game doesn't change whether you're playing in front of 50,000 people or you're playing in front of two people. The, the mound's 60 feet, six inches, whether my brother's standing in the box hitting or Cody Bellinger's in the box hitting. At the end of the day, like, my job stays the same. Wow. Get that, Steve? He just compared Noah to, you know, Cody Bellinger. So make sure you, you get that in your notes there. Uh, Zane, um, my youngest son, who um, played collegiately at Indiana University at South Bend, um, wants to, he's now a pitching coach for the Growlers, and he'll be back at uh, South Bend to coach there this fall, assuming they have baseball. Uh, he wants to know, what is your, the turning point in your career? Was there a, a game or a moment that you said, Holy cow! Was it was it in Double A, Triple A? Was it was it at Indiana? Was it was it during the playoffs there? I would say the biggest turning point was the end of the year in eighteen. After I kind of like bounced around everywhere, um, no, it was kind of one of those things like, all right, well, this isn't really fun anymore. You know, I'm kind of just playing errand boy and doing whatever. Like I haven't, I, if I want to, I can just be done and go back to school and be a doctor. Like, thankfully, I have like enough courses where it wouldn't be that much longer. Um, and it was kind of like, do I want to do that or do I want to really give this a shot? And I decided to stick with baseball. Um, and I was like, I'm going to put everything I have into it. You know, I'm going to stop worrying about the outside stuff as much. And I kind of cleared up. I would say I'd clear up, cleared up a little bit of like my, my life a little bit on the personal side and then just kind of focus more on baseball. And then it took off. How close were you to quitting at that point, Caleb? Was it you seriously thinking at that point at the end of 2018, this is it for me? It was a serious thought for sure. Um, you know, I had two years in a row of the minor leagues that were really tough. And I think one thing people don't understand the most is how mentally taxing the games can be, especially in like the minor league level where you're kind of treated, I wouldn't say poorly, but you're not treated as well as I was in college. Like that's for sure. So it was like going from being treated so well in college, like all the stuff we would get and like the amenities and everything to kind of go and play in. Um, and some of the minor league parks that just aren't very nice and like the travel is just terrible and the food's not always good. And it's really a grind, you know, mentally and physically. Well, Caleb, um, is there anything else that you want to add? Because I do have one final question for you. No, whatever you guys got. 
Steve, anything else? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Thanks, Caleb. Yeah, thank well, you, Steve. The one question I, I have for you, Caleb, and, and as you know, um, and I'm glad you mentioned Doug McCready and the McCready family because, you know, and, and Ed Herrera, you know, as well from our Flames uh, years, um, a lot of people uh, care about you and wanted to see you succeed, but not just you. They want to see everyone be successful, right? Mm -hmm. And that, as you know, that's a big mission part of why I started the Flames was, you know, to, to grow young men, good Christian men, uh, to go out there and just live their lives right um a little bit about your faith i mean i know that um you know you came into our organization uh, pretty pretty well grounded but how's how's faith helped you get through um the turmoils the ups and downs of the minors and then help you stay now you want to now the goal is to stay in the major leagues right <laughs> right yeah so i mean i hit this turning point last year um and i think it really helped me too it was more of just like i'm not in control like i'm on his his journey for me and regardless of how much I want something like it's not up to me you know I can do everything in my power to make things better but at the end of the day like I'm not the one pulling the strings at the top so once I took like the aspect that aspect out of it and just like started trusting like basically just trusting God's plan for me and like that I'm on the right path you know I prayed about it a lot and just kind of made sure like hey like if this is what you want me to do like I'm here like let me do whatever you know um whatever you need me to do and that's kind of where I'm at with with him right now you know like this has kind of been the the course God has taken me on um obviously it hasn't been easy like especially this year going through COVID and everything like it's really easy to ask questions like you know it's supposed to be like a huge year for me why like why did COVID have to like stop the season or whatever you know I felt great coming into spring training like I was like I'm putting myself in a really good spot all of a sudden no baseball so it was really easy to go or it would have been really easy just to be like, like, why would you do this? Instead, I was just kind of like, okay, like this is part of it. Like, obviously there's a reason I'm just going to keep working. And then lo and behold, like I found my reason, you know, I ended up like still making my debut this year. Well, we, we are so glad uh, that you have had a great start. Uh, good luck for the rest of the season. Let's hope the season uh, continues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, there are no hiccups along the way. Uh, I also want to say thank you. I know that you've given back and come uh, back to the flames to do clinics and talk to the kids. I know Chad Kriska really appreciates that. Um, so I think that's important to, to when you achieve some level of success uh, to give back and remember those that help uh, bring you up. Um, thanks again for your time. Um, is there anything you want to say to, uh, to your, to your fans everywhere in Michigan? <laughs> Uh, just that I appreciate all their support. It's been really cool to see all the people um, either reaching out to me over Twitter or whatever or texting me just saying congratulations and that they're kind of in my corner. It's been really cool to see all the support from back home. All right, Caleb, thank you so much. And thanks for – Yeah, uh, thank you, John. Thank you, folks, for tuning in to today's podcast.